Oh, why can God. we not win? I don't understand. I don't. Virtual glasses. I think it's us. Do you think, I think it it's is? Us. Do I you think, think we haven't drunk enough? Try again. Try again. Okay. Oh, oh dear me. Oh, it's like it's like a milkmaid banging two jokes together. Oh, uh, I'm just gonna drink. Hello, should we do it everyone. Again? Should, we, should we do the old oh, yeah, trick? Do, go on. Oh, that was shit as well. Oh, let's just forget it. Forget it. Anyway. Welcome, um, everybody. Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very, it's a good, very place. good place to start. <laughs> Welcome to episode 20. Goodness me, we're in the two, two zeros. Two zeros. Episode 20 in 2019. It's our first. First one of this year. First one of this year. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah. Is it? We've not... I, well, I've, no. oh, yes, I've not we've seen worked. you this okay, year. Okay, yes, okay, fine, yes, yes. So, <laughs> it is the 25th of January. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, the last one we did was shortly before Christmas. Oh, yes, it was, you're right, yes. So we were talking about what we were going to do for Christmas. So, I suppose, before we even start talking about, like, the list of things that we were talking about... Um, how was your Christmas and New Year, Vixatron? Oh, that's very good. Thanks, Pip. Uh, uh, Christmas was uh, family family focused and family mm. cray cray, which was uh, pretty awesome. Um, I was sick for a lot of Christmas. I had an yeah. amazing two and a half weeks off work, and I spent the entire thing bloody well sick. Oh, and literally fine. the two days that I didn't feel that bad, I was working from home. Oh, piss flaps. Piss flaps. Piss flaps. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. And we spent New Year together. If you we can remember did. that. We did. We did. Which was lovely because uh, I'm not. Well, I don't think. I. Uh, you see. You say this every single year that I'm not a fan of New Year. I don't. Well, no, really I like don't think New many year. people are a fan of New Year, and I think those people that say, "Oh, I love New Year," are lying because I think it's. But I love New Year. Yeah, but I think for a lot of people, it's false fun. It's like. Do it's I like, ever? Right, so we're going to go out and we're going to have fun. And you're like, well, yeah, that's all going to work, but it is essentially a Tuesday. So, you know. Um, yeah, but when have I ever gone out? My, I've always had house parties. This, exactly. this and that's year. What we, that's the way we roll, and that's yes, why we it's do good. have lots of house parties. So, this New Year's Eve, we were at our lovely friend Gavin. The first time I haven't hosted New Year for probably for about 10 years. Time. Yes. So we went to Gavin's and it was a, a small but perfectly formed group oh, of people. Oh, it was. It was lovely, oh, it was wasn't lovely. it? lovely. Yeah, we had we a had nice time. We had some nibbles. We did. And we even played a music quiz and I lost my temper quite... <laughs> that was so funny. I totally forgot rightly. about that. Oh my God, you totally... Oh, we smashed you. Yeah, because you had the easiest questions. Str- strategy, no, Philip. Strategy. That's what we had. You had... We had, okay, listeners, What this is like the same round of questions. We had, what is George Michael's real name? Now, he's Greek. So it was Georgius, Paniathu, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Their question on the same level, who's the lead singer of Blondie? What is wrong with you people? And then we had a soundtrack round yeah. where it was like, name three films where the soundtrack's been composed by Hans Zimmer. Their question, Celine Dion. I mean, just starting <laughs> with that, you're like, it's Titanic, clearly. Yeah, and we got all the Disney questions. And it was just, I mean, I like turned into. 
Yes, you were. You were. It's amazing that I didn't tip the table over. I, I, t- I was literally just going to say the same thing. I'm surprised that you did not because I'm, throw that game I'm off the table. I'm passionate about my music. Yes. And it was just not Well, this fair. is why we all had a tantrum that we weren't going to be on you, yours and Lawrence's team. The fact that well, you and Lawrence were on a team together, we thought we were going to be fucked. But then, well, but then you got the easiest questions. Like They weren't easy. We were just strategic. In the blank, Matt, honour. Duh. Yeah, that would be the one. <laughs> Anyway, it was a lovely night. We had Which a great time. family formed the Jackson Five? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we did not get that question. Anyway, the questions weren't so that anyway, easy. But it was just bitter. So we did that early doors, and then we just drank, and we danced. Uh, danced. And it was really good fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But that's probably because we're old. We're old. We, we are can't old. be doing with going out. I'm not going to pay to get into a pub. I don't think I've ever gone out for New Year, ever. I, I, don't I, ever, I don't think I've ever done it. I have. Many, many years ago, I went out with Pete Artif and Pete Clark. Oh, yeah. So this was about like 15 or 16 years ago. We went to the White Swan in uh, East London. And, yeah, got hammered. And now I don't remember where I ended up. I just can't do it. I can't Probably bear... Probably under a man called Jeff. <laughs> just can't bear the taxi ride home and the... Yeah, but you don't have to do that. Prices. You don't have to do that because the tube runs all night, so you could probably wing it in many respects. But I just don't want to go out because it's going to be cold. Yeah, it's just be I just. Oh. Anyway, we don't yeah. regret. Yes, so we do. it was a good New Year. I, I don't. I wasn't that hungover on New Year's Day. No, I was just ill because oh, I didn't because I didn't drink that much because I was poorly. Oh, it was rubbish. Yeah, it was horrible. But anyway. So, on to 2019, yeah. where we've both had a super busy January. We haven't seen each other till the oh, 25th oh. of January. How does that happen? Well, you know why? Because, um, probably shared this before on the podcast, but 2018 for me was my year of the rut. I was yes. in a rut for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a conscious New Year's resolution kind of thing. It was just like, I'm not doing that again. So I've been making things happen. And, uh, yeah. So this is what January's been about. I made lots of New Year's resolutions, and I've pretty much done them all by, like, the 25th. And I swear we did a podcast one time where you said that resolutions were rubbish. I know, but sometimes (laughs) you just have to, like, you know, contradict yourself. Well, that's all about growing up and being mature. But before we go into that, we need to talk about what we're drinking tonight. Oh, yes. So the Prosecco we have tonight is another Pippi special from the Tooting local wine shop. Off license. So I think we've had this one before. I think we've taken... Yeah, I mean, they've only got like two. (laughs) So it's got to be one. So they've got... Yeah. They've got the Prosecco shelf and you've got your Asti Spamanti, which I'm not going to buy. And then there's just two that say Prosecco on them. And so they're the two that I buy, but they're different ones. So um, Right. So this one I think we've had before, which is the Morando Well, we have, Prosecco. because you found an old one that I bought times yeah. before. Yeah, because this is... Yeah, because yeah, we're so going to be on Morando three bottles by this point. Prosecco Extra Dry from Tooting Off Licence. Uh, bargain price of eight ninety nine. Which, it, to be fair, That's is not... a bargain. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say that is a bargain for Prosecco, because on average you spend like a tenner on a, on oh. a Prosecco. Don't you? It's not too bad. Yeah. And then the other one is um, Cope Hill. 
Okay. Which is quite quite uh, adapt to to what we're. Uh... Cope Hill, product of Italy. Doesn't sound very Italian. Um, and that's also eight ninety nine. Mm. And and uh, exactly the same percentage, so no one's losing out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, so look into it, kids, or just go to a. Coffee and just buy the Prosecco. Just go to I mean, we haven't really had many that we haven't enjoyed, let's be honest. No, but these are actually really nice. Yes, we do like this one. The nice Miranda one, we do like a lot, don't we? This is a nice one. It's nice. It's it doesn't make me pull a face. Yeah, and it's it's the bubbles. I don't like it. I like don't like a hard bubble. Yeah, like I'm not. Bubble. I'm not rushing for the Gaviscon. No, no. Mm, it no, just it's no. that <laughs> that burn of the bubble. Don't like it. Ugh, after a while. Exactly. No, no. It's good so right so the theme this episode we've decided because something has happened this January is part of Pippi's New Year's resolutions plural I know you've got too many Um, no I think you've got to make things happen well it's very true and I'm very proud of you actually about it Um, but there's too many that I can I can't remember them all you've got so many yeah so but you have had a big decision. You've been thinking about it for a while, because I remember us talking about it in the Eagle mm. in, I'm mm. going to go with October. Maybe. So you've been thinking about it for a while, but you've actually gone back into stand-up. Stand-up comedy. So we thought this episode would be about how an essential comedy is in life. Yeah, it's the best medicine. Laughter is the best medicine. It really is, though. It's yeah. really, really good, isn't it? Because when you're little, your mum and dad, they try and make you laugh, don't they? When you're crying, they try and make yeah, you laugh. Exactly. You know, so it's it's there throughout your entire life. Yes. And there's obviously some sort of technical, scientific, doctor, technological thing that <laughs> says yeah. that comedy and laughing... Makes you feel better. Well, there is, uh, what's that thing? Laugh yoga. You can go to laughter yoga. Can you? Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, it was on this morning this week. Phil and Holly were like laughing their heads off. Hold on. Back up. What? The... So laughter is all about. Right. When did you watch this morning saying you are you get up at 5am and go to work? Oh, because sometimes I work in evenings, don't I? So sometimes don't I? I the morning <laughs> off. So oh. I, can watch, I can watch P&H do their thing. Mm. It's all about um, the laughter yoga. It's all about using the different muscles because you use lots of muscles to relax. And it's all about that. But it's also very relaxing. And after you've laughed your head off, you are quite exhausted, but very well worked out. And also it's very good for your mental health. I must admit, you're right there. Because like, when you've had a really good sort of belly laugh... Oh. You ache, don't you? You kind of yes. ache and your mouth aches and sort of... Well, so you have obviously used muscles you don't normally use. Me and my friend Pete Arrogatz, we went to see uh, Alan Carr do his first proper stand-up show, which is now the infamous DVD, Tooth Fairy. And we were there for uh, Hammersmith Apollo. It was the first time I've ever seen a comedy where I left in physical pain. <laughs> That's like, brilliant. Uh, like he was like stitch. Yeah. I was in pain because there was not one bit. You know, like when you watch a comedy DVD and there's always a bit where you go, mm, skip yeah, this, so you have like skip a, this bit. Yeah, yeah. There just wasn't. It was just two hours. I mean, he'd obviously been building up to it. That was his first big show, so that was 10 years of working his 
guts out. It was all his best material. But my God, it was sensational. And I was in pain. But could, like, I'd had an yeah. amazing night. Yeah. But, ouch. <laughs> it was like pulling a muscle. So what was it like returning to comedy? Because you, I mean, how, how many years off have you had, is it? Five. It's five, isn't it? I thought it was. Five-ish. What was it like getting back up there? It was all right. I've only done one gig, so... Yeah, but uh, still, that's uh, the first gig that you've returned to sit for five years. So, like, you know, was it... Yeah. Was it, was... it as scary, or was it... Did you think, oh, no, I'm back. This is good. I liked it up, up on the stage, or... It wasn't scary. I wasn't scared. I don't know. Um, it was... Um, I mean, it's really weird, because I'm not... Like, I've not been to a comedy club or a comedy night since the last time I'd done comedy. Yeah. I'd been to see comedy, but, like, mainstream comedians. So I'd not been to a comedy club, so I didn't know, like, what people were talking about, um, what the kind of material was going to be like. I kind of thought a lot of it would be very political because of the current state of affairs. I thought there'd be lots of basic jokes and Trump jokes, but it wasn't really. It was just people trying their stuff. Um... So yeah, I did a night that was being run by a guy that I did my comedy course with, so I knew the night, I knew the venue, it was all fine. Have you done that venue before then? Yeah, I lied to you. Um, You're so sneaky. I'm so sneaky. Is this so, yeah. just because you think I'm going to work it out and come and like, yeah, spy on you? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not telling people where I'm doing the comedy. because I Not just, right now. Not right now. No. By the end of next month. Yeah. That's when it all happened. Um, but yeah, so I, I, my friend Andy was MC in the night and he said, when do you want to go on? I said, I don't want to go on first. Nobody ever wants to go on first. It's the worst bit. Because you're, you're, you know, like a lamb to the sword, you've got to warm them up. Um, so I went on, there was uh, 12 comedians, six in the first half, six in the second half. I was halfway through the second half. And it was fine. It's absolutely fine. I so you're of, back, are you? I kind of just walked up and I thought, oh, my hand's going to be shaking with the microphone. But it wasn't. It was like, give me that thing. And yeah. I kind of knew what I was talking about. I was doing new material. Um, it was only five minutes, but yeah, I got laughs. And um, yeah, anyway, it went well. So listeners will let you know when the... Uh... When the stand-up is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, when we're allowed yeah, to know. The, the important thing to say is that before... When I was did it before, five years ago, I was literally doing about six gigs a week. It was relentless, and it was very much... I want to be on Live at the Apollo. I want an Edinburgh show. I'm not doing that this time at all. Um, because What do you think's changed? Well, one, I don't have time. Because I have a job. That has very you, bizarre hours. I was going to say, but you did have a job before. I did, but it wasn't... It The job before was 9 to 5. Right, okay. So I could go out and finish work and go out and do a gig every night. I can't do that now. I work weekends, I work evenings. And I value my spare time a lot more. So now it's just more of a hobby. I'm going to do like four or five gigs a month. I'm going to do it for a laugh. And that's about it. If something happens, then it happens. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to cry. It's it's like a that's probably the best way to be though, yeah, right? Yeah, because I'm just like because then it's just you're enjoying just it. Fun. Yeah, 
There's no pressure. No. It's not like, oh, I need some new material. It's like, nah, I'll do the same shit that I did last time. Do you, think a, do you think a lot of comedians, does that happen to them where they put themselves under pressure? I think, well, when I did it last, I was a bit different to all the ones that were, about, that were at the same level as me. Because mm. they would do the same material for like a year, six months or longer, whereas I would have quite a lot of new material. I'd try out different sets. Yeah. Um, because I'd get as bored as the people watching if they'd seen me more than once. Um, and also I was relying on lots of friends to come to the gigs back in the days. And they would always say, is it new material or have I seen it before? And so then I'd be like, oh, I'd have to write something new or you're not going to come. And a lot of the gigs on the open mic circuit are bring, what they call bringer gigs. So you have to... Mm-hmm. You have to bring someone, otherwise mm-hmm. there's no audience. So, so yeah. So if you um, if you do the same stuff all the time, then you run out of people to bring. But do you feel that some people, like some comedians, like that were on the circuit with you last time, like, and you know this time as well, do you think they put themselves under pressure um, too much in terms of like material or trying to be funny, or do you think it's like quite a pressured thing to become to write comedy or? It is, yeah, because you just you you've got one goal, and that's to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And if that's not happening, then you can feel like you're not doing your job. But so, I, but like, I remember could, there's nothing worse. There is no, and I've been dumped. I've had people die. I don't think there's a worse feeling than dying on stage. It's the have you feel have you felt like you've died on stage? Though? Oh God, it's many times. Because I've seen like there's been some horrendous people no, uh, when I've, we've come I've to see you. Properly died. And there were some horrific awful. people that are way worse than you. No, but I've I, I really have. I, everyone has died at some point. Yeah. And it's not less, and it, like sometimes it definitely was me. I was shit, or I was drunk, or I forgot like what I was talking about. And sometimes it's the audience as well. Sometimes you. How do how do the audience affect you then? If they're not laughing, then you don't know what to do. So what if they? Like I was listening to um, Alan Carl Desert Island Discs. He did mm. just before Christmas, and he was saying that he did his first ever gig, and he killed it. He blew the roof off the place and he thought, this is it. <laughs> Boom. Did the same exact set, exact set, two nights later, died on his ass. Oh. So, he hasn't changed his material or the way he delivered it. It's just, you don't know what that audience has been through that day and you don't know if they've chosen to watch comedy or it's just, it's on in the bar. Right. They've, so they're not, they're not ready to laugh, which is something I learned when I, towards the end of doing comedies, I would do more gigs out of London, which which I would get paid for. And you, um, but the people have paid. They paid like a fiver to go to a comedy club or a theatre to watch comedy. And you come on and they were like, well, I'm going to laugh. Well, I hope I'm going to laugh. I paid a fiver. <laughs> so if you're in the slightest bit funny, then they're like, oh, cool. Okay. I spent my money well. So it's a mindset but thing. If you're in London, because there's so many comedy nights, you can go downstairs in any pub on any night of the week, and there might be a comedy night, mm-hmm. and you can be like, "Oh, let's go and watch some comedy," because there's nothing better to do, and it's free. 
and then you sit down there and you are you've had a bad day at work you've just been dumped whatever's going on for you the personal stage does not know yeah that's true but the thing that they do know as soon as they start is I'm going to have to work a lot harder Mm. than I did last night when they were lapping it up because you're just sat there with your arms folded and your legs crossed and like you're not there to have a good time so you know you've got your arms crossed right now. I'm just preparing you. There's something. You just have to. I have to warn you. Oh, it's okay. oh my god! <laughs> I'm allergic to you. I know, Jeannie. Come here. Oh, there's a cat sat behind you. Me. I was trying so hard not to laugh through that whole thing. Get away from me, fuzzball! And you have the worst kind of cat. You've got really long hair. She has not got really long hair. She's a fluffball. She's a fluffball. Gadaya, no, stop looking at this chair. You feel the fear. That's the problem with you, cats. You feel the fear. You go towards it. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jeannie, you back. Will. All right. Okay. Sorry about that, listeners. Uh. I just. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've we've mopped the floor. Don't need to do it again. Anyway. Sorry. I digress. So back to comedy. So you know. Mm. So yeah. it was great. It was great for you to return. Yes, it was fun. And uh, you know, I think the one of the things that we've always sort of said is that, and and also actually one of the things we've always said in the work that we do, because we both have worked in very sort of highly stigmatized industries mm. sectors. Is it HIV industries and sectors? Abortion. Industry seems a bit heavy, sectors. doesn't it? Sector. Let's go with sector. But like you know. Comedy and like lightness. This cat really likes. <laughs> wet. Jeannie. Uh, I'm gonna get it. You just can't. You have no idea. Jeannie, come here. Yeah. Right. So Let me you, put her when you say here. come here, I'm just gonna put her on this go. chair over here. Like, we'll put her over here. Sit there, Jeannie. Uh, sit on your own chair. Well, go and sit somewhere else. Like, hole. <laughs> hole? Don't yeah. you mean all? All. You say all in a hole. Oh, I don't say anything in all. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from taxi. <laughs> what, taxi and all? <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Bob's cabs. <laughs> anyway, back to the uh, podcast. We're doing really well tonight, so, I feel. <laughs> so comedy. But what I was saying... <laughs> can we just kill that cow? I mean, I know it's your cow. Can we just <laughs> She's the only. She's the only one left. The other one's got dementia. I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> if you got a weedy bit, <laughs> because that woman should have got something with New Year's always. I love the cat. Oh, the, the, the woman who put the cat in the bin. Yeah, high five, honey. Oh my high god, you're such a bitch. Caucus cats. Yeah, she's licking herself. Oh, stop anyway, it! Just leave so, her alone. What were we? Um, um, I was talking about uh, the fact that we both worked in, in sectors, not industries. Sounds like a factory. Um, sectors, sectors, the where we have both had to use light humour and yeah. making things funny to make them like to normalise them and to destigmatise them. And I'm a little bit too drunk to say clever words, but you know, like those kind of things where. Humour and comedy actually brings us a real opportunity to talk about something really dark and serious. Yes. 
and bring it to audiences that might not necessarily understand, audiences that might not really want to talk about it, audiences that might not know. Yeah, I mean, I don't you know. I work in HIV and sexual health. I use humour all the time because I test people, I test gay men for HIV and if, obviously, <laughs> you have to gauge mm. the situation. Know your audience, yeah. If someone's very anxious, a well-placed, well-timed, a little bit of humour can really relax them completely. Um, and also sexual health, I mean, ooh, it lends itself to being quite funny. Because, yeah, because, like, toilet humour and toilet sexual humor, health humour... I want to HIV test and say it's just a little prick. I mean, come on, yeah. come on. Yeah. And they go, well, that's what got me into this situation in the <laughs> first place. So is that basically, like, the standard comeback that you get yeah. every time? <laughs> oh, I bet, mm, times you've said that. Ooh, oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like testing Mae West. It's like, oh, little prick, oh. Um... But yeah, a, a well-placed bit of humour can make someone who is shaking with anxiety completely relax. Um, yeah. But you have to know when to do it. Because also, it could be the worst thing ever. I, I think, because of my years of experience, I'm quite good at it. And I know yes, and you know your audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, if I said something right now, that person would go from shoulders up to shoulders down very quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to just, you have to be, um, you have to be a good judge of people. But do you think, like, I mean, comedy is such an important one because like we were saying earlier, like, when you're little, your mum and dad try and make you laugh, don't they? Mm. They try and make you laugh because, like, laughing is such a, like, infectious thing as well. Like, you, you get infected by other people laughing as well. Oh, God. But I still do now. Yeah. It's if I so hear someone who can't stop laughing, yeah, I will stop laughing even though I have no idea what they're laughing about. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that. Or like, I'm yeah. normally the one if laughing. If I see someone on public transport who can't stop laughing, I stop laughing, and then it's just ridiculous. Oh, there, do you know what? There was this amazing the, a moment the other day on the tube on the way back from work, and there was a girl who was blatantly watching some sort of comedy show or something, and she was she just had it. You know how everybody just sits there with their phones like head down, yeah. staring with their earphones in, and she literally went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she literally looked that. straight ahead at me yeah. and she breathed like some massive wheeze of a laugh at me and I was like, oh my god, I wanna know what you're watching. Exactly. It's probably <laughs> probably listened to my dad wrote a porno or something yeah. like that. This is an infamous clip. I think it's from like Germany where someone starts laughing yeah. on the their version of the underground and then the next person starts laughing, it ends up with this whole carriage. Really? Hissing themselves with laughter and they don't know what they're laughing at. I think the person has a particularly funny laugh. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just gets bit. Do you have different laughs? It's kind of joyful. Yeah. Do you have different laughs? What do you mean? Do you have like different laughs or different things? Fake laugh, I could say. What do you mean? I don't know know how to take that. Does that mean, are you trying to tell me something? Well, I can laugh at, like, when I have fake, everyone has a fake laugh, but like, well, that was a really funny bit. Everyone has a laugh to a laugh. But like I have, I have, like, I have my different proper laughs. laugh. I have different laughs. Everyone has a proper laugh, yeah. which is the embarrassing snot coming down there. Yeah, <laughs> like when they can't. Feel That's like when I go laughing. purple. Yeah, I'm a purple. Like I get purple Blair face laughs when she laughs. Yeah, I cry when I laugh as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and I love that kind of laugh because it's just like 
oh, I actually can't stop laughing. Yeah. When it's just, you like holding on to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Holding on to someone we've left it. That's just oh, joyful. Those are the last where you have to like kind of literally hold everything like, together because if you don't go to the toilet quick enough, there could be... Oh, yeah. You know. Like Holly Willoughby on this morning when she gets fit the giggles. She goes down to her knees. Yeah, I, that's what women have to do. Because... And I haven't, even, I haven't even had any kids and I have to do that. Yeah. Honestly, women have to do Felix that. Philip goes, I can't believe you're doing this on national TV, but you're doing it because so you don't wait yourself. And she's just, she just goes down yeah, straight away. Yeah, you do. Let's That's what you have to do. Let's stood next to each other because it looks like she's going yeah. to do something else. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But no, you just, and he's just like, I can't believe you're doing this. Oh. Uh, but yeah, but there's no better sound than, I mean, I love making people laugh. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> doing some comedy, it's kind of a good thing to do. Just before I finished doing stand-up comedy, I did my biggest gig ever in front of 500 people uh, invited. <laughs> but to make that amount of people laugh, the, yeah. the noise is just oh, better than sex. It's so good. So do you think it's quite an addictive thing? Cause oh, like, God, yeah. So people who... Because this is what... What were you saying earlier that you said that you've never, se- you've never seen like a beautiful comedian? There aren't that many like stunning... Comedians, because you just be like, oh god, oh, and you're funny as well. Oh, fuck off. Do you think that's a British thing? I think it's a universal thing. I don't think there's many like gorgeous stand up comedians, mm. really. I think, you know, the desire to be a stand up comedian, it's almost like a, a fingers up to whoever's had a go at you in the past and you learn to laugh at yourself, you know. Look at Alan Carr, for example. Yeah. He, like, his time at school must have been very special. <laughs> he had the teeth, he had the glasses. Yeah. He was gay. Yeah. He just that joke about, oh, God, teeth, glasses, gay, ginger, who's your cousin? Michelle McManus. <laughs> it's like, like, it's a gene pool kind of thing. Yeah. And now... When he was doing Desert Island Disc, he was like, and that's my fortune now. Yes, you, yeah. Like, I, people say, oh, get your teeth straightened and have loads of eye surgery so you don't have to wear glasses anymore. He's like, well, no, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, this is what makes me. But do you it. think that he has taken his He's appearance. Turned, that frown, turned it upside down. Well, has he turned it upside down or has he identified himself as that frown? So instead of becoming who he is and realising the value of his true self as the person with the teeth and the glasses, or has he gone, ooh, I need to identify and be the teeth and the glasses and not step away from that because this is what people think I am. It, 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 I think it just becomes an inner power thing, really. Mm-hmm. It's like Sarah Millican. Yes. You know, she got into stand-up because she got divorced. There's a trigger. There's always a trigger, isn't there? There's always it's a like, trigger. Right, oh, so you don't want me, so I'll, I'll get everyone else to want me. It's that, it's, there's, a, there's a thing, and mm. I can't work out what it is. And there was this big thing last year about, in, in gay comedy, this, this um, stand-up show on Netflix by this Australian lesbian comedian called Hannah Gadsby. That's her name. And her stand-up show is called Nanette, I think. And it was her final stand-up show, um... 
because she and it was very it wasn't traditional stand up because it was very hard hitting, very controversial, very upsetting, very angry. She was talking about the fact that she'd been an out lesbian chubby comedian for a very long time and had relied on self deprecating humour. But she'd be going out every night doing this kind of stuff and it actually damaged her. I'm not surprised. Because she was like, I'm talking about all the worst things about myself every night and you're laughing about them. And, and that's that, the thing, you're allowing someone to laugh at you, that, yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of eating away at me. And so, and so she said, I'm just going to stop doing it. And then it became this Netflix sensation and everyone was going, this is the most important hour of stand-up you're ever going to watch. And then she was like, I'm really regret announcing that I was going to retire because <laughs> it's going quite well now, actually. Oh, she, look, Cher's so, made enough comebacks. You know, I'm sure she can. It's fine. But I think it's, um, yeah. But it's really true. Comedy can get to issues, I think, get around issues and talk about issues and address, address issues. Far too drunk to say issues. <laughs> You've got so many issues and issues. <laughs> you have a few issues. <laughs> um, that no one else, nothing else can kind of touch. Like, you know, if you think of what Louisa did, Louisa Amalan with her, um, what would Beyonce do when she was talking about her breakup and the relationship? Her relationship and her brother's suicide. And her brother's suicide, yeah. And her recent show about her, her mum dying from cancer. Like, this is some serious, gravely dark stuff. But she's but able great, to give it something. Yeah, and the, the great thing about stand-up is you can't be censored. Mm. You can get on stage and you can say whatever the hell you like. Yeah. And... That's why it's such a good medium. I keep going back to Alan Carr, but I just listened to his says Alan did so. But he was saying, like, he said, you can tell when I'm bored of doing TV stuff because I'll do a stand-up tour. Because oh, TV really? is very structured and you have to say this, you have to do that. And you have to yeah, do... it's all legal, isn't it? You, you have to, legal terms. You, know, you can say this to Lady Gaga, you can't say that to Lady Gaga. But he said, with stand-up, you can just, oh, you can just get on stage and you can just vent and you can swear and you can... Well, this is like you can when do whatever the hell you like. <clears throat> no, any, there's no other art form, really, where you can do that. Where you, you know, you're walking on stage on your own. You can say whatever the hell you like, and you can get into trouble for it. And lots of comedians have got into trouble for it, saying very uh, discriminatory stuff. Um, there's a very fine line, isn't there, where yeah. you sit, and that this is where, like, can you remember when we went to see Lady Bunny? Yeah. And Legend. Yeah, I could not believe some of the stuff that was coming out of her mouth, but she was so on the edge. She was and I'm sat there completely confused at whether I should be offended or whether I should be laughing or whether I should be phoning the police. Like <laughs> I just didn't know what I, I should be doing. That, I love that kind of comedy though. But that's the thing, at the end of the show what my was... tongue was dry because my mouth was open the whole time because I was like <gasps> Every time she was I talking. Love, I love that noise. That noise. What, that? Like <gasps> the laugh, gasp, shock. Yeah. It's like, it's like. Her and Bianca do that. The immediate laugh and then there's like a. <gasps> but yeah. you can't stop laughing. So yeah. It, it's like a really Bianca's like, like that as well. Asthma attack whilst laughing. Yeah. So Bianca Del Rio does that. And Joan Rivers used to do that as well. Yeah. Oh my she God. Was the queen yeah. Of doing that kind of. Yeah. I cannot believe she just said that. 
then she'd be like, well, someone's going to say it. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like they can, comedians in a way, like the comedy, you can say that stuff. You don't have to. But you can. That's the deal with comedy is that you can be like Joan Rivers and Lady Bunny and Kathy Griffin and Sarah Silverman and this is all American female comedians but that shock. Frankie Boyle would be this, fall into the same category. Or you can be Peter Kay, Michael McIntyre, Victoria Wood and not swear. That's like Saturday not, night comedy, isn't it? Saturday night family time not comedy. Not be offensive. Morecambe and, and Wise type of stuff. And still be insanely funny. Yeah. I mean, Morecambe and Wise are... Morecambe and Wise. Great. Legends. A, yeah. Great example. Yeah. And Traditional Wood. British comedy. Victoria Wood, a legend of comedy. My biggest inspiration of all time. Very rarely swore. And when, but when she did, it was like the most beautifully placed because <laughs> yeah. you weren't used to it. Yeah. So if she said, oh, fuck off, it would be like <laughs> the most powerful yeah. fuck off ever. You'd be like, the oh, would say fuck off, but it was a very good fuck off. <laughs> I totally support no, 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 that F word I right there. I support the F word. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it depends. There's different, so different there's, strokes for different Yeah, fronts. and there's like, I suppose there's inspirational comedy, there's, you know, dark and miserable grumpy comedy there's like family fun time comedy there's daft there's slapstick there's you know there's so many different ones what do you think like what are your big like if I said to you right there's who three comedians ooh oh my god who who are your three that if if someone had if an alien had come down from outer space and said I have come down to research comedy what would be the three comedians that you're like, right? The three you have to see. All time. Everyone. Oh my god. Do you need another glass of prosecco for this? No. Oh. I mean, well, oh. I mean, okay. Oh, so. okay. Um. Do we need to take a break? The do, two that no, do, the do, two do, that do, I was do, raised do, on. Do, do. <laughs> there's two that I was raised on. Um, that my mum and dad loved. And still to this day, they're both legends in comedy. Yeah. Um, are Billy Connolly and Victoria Wood. Okay. Both comedy geniuses. Anyone that says they're not needs to have some words with themselves. Some people don't necessarily love Billy Connolly, but that man has moments of absolute genius. Um, and just to kind of like tip it all on its head and I think Eddie is old um mate was just a whole different kind of comedy that I'd not seen before when I first saw him okay and he would just do jokes about toasters and about shower settings yes but it would be surreal and bizarre and not like anything you'd ever well it's before. like one of my favourite Eddie Izzard jokes is the 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 one about um, Darth Vader. Darth Vader in, in the canteen. In the canteen. In the How? Yeah. And cats drilling behind a sofa. Oh my god. <laughs> and you're like, you think they're purring? They're drilling. That's... They're drilling for gold. Like, who it's so thinks that? Who thinks that yeah. Yeah. purring behind a sofa could yeah. actually be? Hello, puppy. Um, Drilling for the oil, and who would think? And it's so right. 
Well, there must have been a canteen on the Death Star. <laughs> there must have been somewhere. And somebody, Eileen behind the counter, must have told Darth Vader to get to the back of the queue. <laughs> so now the trays are back there by the juices and the water. Oh my god, so if you... And why are all... Oh damn, I just can't wait. <laughs> You got too excited about um, the comedy. But also, the oh, whole thing about why all the baddies English. <laughs> like, oh, sir, well, it's the rebels. I mean, they're here. I mean, it's just <laughs> all these English people in outer space being really evil. It's so true. And then all the goodies of America. Have you seen that animation, the Lego animation that they do to Eddie Izzard's uh, comedy sketch on the Death Star? So someone has oh, the Darth Vader and all the Stormtrooper Lego pieces. You've got, you guys have got to Google this if you haven't seen it. It's so funny. And they actually d- they do an animation based on his comedy sketch. Oh. You mean the, ban- the Manso? The yeah. I mean, he is, isn't he? Yeah, it's insane. So they're, your, so they're your three that you think depict think so. your I mean, a, love of comedy. Bloody hell. Don't move as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah. It. I mean, it does very much depend on your slight type of humor. It's like my parents absolutely love Mrs. Brown's boys. So do my parents, and I, they have very good taste in comedy. So I'm a bit worried about them. Okay, I do not understand that comedy. Oh, you know, I, I don't really understand. I've watched it. it. Yeah. Not by choice. Yeah, it's me too. Something that I'm forced to watch at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Christmas the special. Yeah. Um, I like it when they get things wrong because I'm a big lover of an outtake. Yes. So when it goes and wrong, spontaneous, spontaneous kind of improv, yeah. And you can tell that he is actually quite funny because he can roll with the punches and he can like, mm-hmm. you know, improv. Mm. But when they get back to the script, I'm like, oh, this is so oh amateur. Do you think that's because people have evolved in terms of their comedy, in terms of their knowledge, in terms of the sort of the things that they find funny? Do you think um, people are expecting more, or? I think the nature of comedy is really changed. I don't like TV comedy. TV comedy now is not what it was. So do you mean sitcom comedy? Sitcom sketch. I saw uh, Jennifer Saunders has been interviewed years ago when she was writing the Spice Girls musical. She had a very good comment and it did make complete sense that in the good old days, <laughs> in the, when I was a girl, when, when I when was fin- a young girl. The Saunders had the Finch and Saunders show, yeah. show and they had so much budget for that show. They could do, they basically had carte blanche, they could do whatever they wanted. Mm. Budget was not a problem. Yeah. Now, like Jennifer Saunders was saying, it was around the time that Bridesmaids came out, and she was saying, we could not make French and Saunders now. Because the the problem is now, is that back in the 80s, the people that managed the comedy of the BBC were comedians, were comedy promoters, so they knew what they were looking for. They knew Harry Enfield, they knew... Ben Elton, they knew French and Saunders, they knew Lenny Henry, Henry, they, yeah. they, so they could get it. They were curators uh-huh. um, of comedy. And now it's more, what did you call it? Prescribers of comedy. So 
now it's people that haven't got a clue about comedy. They've just got a job at the BBC and they're like, no, we need an eight o'clock. We need an eight o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah. That's funny. And it doesn't matter what it's about. We need something that we can show at eight o'clock. So it was kind of after Miranda. Miranda was the last kind of thing where creativity was still allowed. Yeah. And now it's Mrs. Brown's Boys and Benny Dorm and all that on mainstream TV. But then there's the joys of kind of like iPlay where you get things like Fleabag. <gasps> oh, I love that. You get Fleabag and you get Kunk on Britain and you get all these things which are a lot more a motherland and catastrophe on Channel 4 where you're getting really good jobbing comedians doing really good stuff. Yeah. And Fleabag is one of the best things ever. And if you've not seen it... Oh, you have to. You have to watch Fleabag. It's one of the most important comedy things ever. But it's a very interesting... Because, like... Written by the woman who wrote Killing Eve. (laughs) But I think the thing with Fleabag is that it was very dark. Completely dark. Very black humour. But 99, it was that kind of... It was... Yeah, it was the same level as 99. It wasn't mm. darker, I don't think. But it was a new writer. She'd done it in Edinburgh as a, an hour-long show. They said, can you make this into a six-episode, you know, half-hour thing? And she did, and it was insanely good. That opening scene, oh my God. And it had an amazing cast of it. Yes. Yeah. And it was moving, and it was dark, and it was funny, and it was fresh, and it was, and as a, I don't know when it started, probably, I was probably like late 30s, early 40s, but I related to every single second of, oh, yeah. every single point she was making, I was like, yes, I've done that, I've been in that situation. Thought that, done, Thought yeah. Thought that, yeah. There's that iconic, brilliant scene where her and her sister are at a feminist oh, lecture. <laughs> and the woman who is delivering the lecture is actually her mum in real life. I heard that the other day. Oh, interesting. And Good she, the, the lecture says, um, hands up if you would give up five years of your life for, it seems like a meaningful sexual encounter or something like that. Or, like, yeah, um, a really perfect sexual yeah, something to do with like an orgasm or something like that. And her and her sister put their arms up straight away, and they're yeah. the only two in the whole audience <laughs> to do it. And then they slowly put their hands back down. <laughs> I was like, I would be like, and you would be, we'd be like, yes, me, no, seriously, take those five years. Seriously, I've probably done it already myself. So you know, but stuff like that is just oh genius. So it's still out there. Yeah, and I think it's really important for people to have comedy in their life, and it doesn't have to be the same comedy as everybody else. Because like, if you look at Fleabag versus like, you know, the Mac and Mac- Michael McIntyre, you don't have the same taste. No, it's very subjective. Yeah, and you know the fact that there's you know someone, the... there's someone out there who would spend the whole day watching outtakes and think it was the best oh. thing ever, or someone who would spend the whole day watching You Being Famed, yeah, and think that people falling over is the best thing ever. It's, oh, and then there's people yeah, who would watch Eddie Hizzold all day and think that his intellectual surrealist yeah. dick comedy is the best thing ever. Like, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter, like, you know, we're not here to judge that. But 
it's I just think it's very important to laugh. Yeah, I totally and, agree. You know, it really is. And I think if I was to give my one recommendation that helps me on a morning on the way to work, it's my dad wrote a porno. Oh, God, yeah. Every single person on this planet needs to listen to that. Because... I think every single person has to subscribe their numbers. Numbers of subscribers. If you haven't, listeners, you need to. This thing... Honestly, you you can't even... I can't even explain how unimaginable <laughs> these scenarios that this guy has come up it's with. It's just... It's joyful. It's too unreal. Like, you just can't yeah. even... It's joyful and it's very well put together. And it's and the just, three of them are brilliant because of the way they the, interact. Try not to listen to it on public transport. Oh, that's where I listen to it, though. It's so funny. Oh, I don't know. I spat on someone's knee. Last time I oh, yeah, to you did, him. didn't you? I haven't listened to the new season, if I'm honest. What? I oh, know. my God. The new season is the best Oh, my yet. God. I need to start it. Yeah. Because well, I'm too busy in my book at the moment. I've got my ref- book I'm reading. There's a reference later on in the series to a horse's name that will make you spit as far as you possibly can. <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable. But, uh, yeah. So, what are we talking about now? Because we've been blathering on for 49 minutes. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just saying that like, that's a good recommendation to get with the January blues. Get rid of the January blues. Get rid of the January blues. We have only got six days yeah. of January left. So, come on, February. Come on, payday. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, my God. It feels like we've been, like, not paid for, like, a month and a half. It's so we painful. We haven't been paid for a month and a half. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, maybe it's real then. I got paid today. So, oh, so well, that's grown. a February yay for you. I'll take you out. I'm a bit shocked. Well, that's why you bought the booze, because I, I don't have um, any money. But, yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, another one of my New Year's resolutions. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, oh, yes. So, what I used to do um, in my rut of a year is that I would go for a quick drink after work, which would never be a quick drink. It would never be work. a quick drink, ever. It would always be like three or four or five, and then... Ugh. And then I wouldn't eat properly, mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't sleep properly, and then I'd wake up feeling like death the next day. So what I made and what I did on New Year's Day is I got myself, and this is not a paid advertisement, I got myself an unlimited Cineworld card so that I could go to the cinema as many times as I wanted in a month for £20, including Leicester Square. And anyone that's outside London go to the cinema once in Leicester Square it's is like, 20 It's pounds. 20 pounds, about 19.95, isn't it? Yeah. So I've seen four or five films already this month, so wow. I am quiz in. So yeah, so, and it's award season right now. The Oscar nominations were announced this week. They were yesterday, weren't they? Was it yesterday? Uh, I think they were like on Tuesday. What? I was secretly doing a tally by my desk at work. Oh my God. So yeah, the favorite. I uh, haven't even I haven't even seen them. Are you going to tell me? So the favorite and Roma. Oh, Roma, really? We're nominated for ten awards each. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, there were quite a few snubs. Quite a few snubs. Bradley Cooper was not nominated nominated for best director for Star Is Born. Really? So was the Star Is Born in there? Yes. Yeah. Right. Best. Picture Best Actor, Best Actress. Okay. Clang, Lady Gaga. Um, so, yeah, they got quite a few nominations. Then there were some big snubs. Beautiful, Anyone else notable? Beautiful like Boy snubby. wasn't nominated for anything. Ooh. 
Um, Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't nominated for very much. It was nominated for like Best Actor, Best Film, Best Director. It didn't sweep the board. So was there any surprise, full surprises? or was it Well, I think Roma of... was the one that was surprising because it just, just seemed to be nominated for everything. Ah. It's like a Netflix film. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I think Lawrence worked on that. Oh, clang. Mm, Tote clang. Yeah, so I want this to be the first year in a long time that when the Oscars comes around, and obviously you can't watch it, because, I don't know, they screen it on, like, yeah. gold sky or something like that. And it's not like stupid o'clock in the morning goes on for five hours. I was going to say, it's very like, painfully long. I've tried it once. I want to actually hear about who won this year and go, well, instead of going, well, I thought they would win because that trailer looked, looked like, really good. I want to be like, oh, no, they deserve to win because the phone's amazing. And you've seen it. And you can I've seen the and favorite. You can I've seen the favorite. Yeah. And you're going to start reviewing, like... Yeah, I've seen the favourite. And it's a really good, yet dark, lesbian period. Drama. So not, about, you... not about lesbian periods. Because they are the same as everyone's periods. <laughs> I was going to say, like, everybody has the same periods, surely. Yeah. Well, no, no we don't. That's that's the thing. Everybody's yeah. different, but... Yeah. But she's not going to win, and neither is Lady Gaga. Oh, it's going to be Glenn Close, isn't it? Because she's winning everything. She Glenn Close for what? The wife, apparently. Oh. Which was out before I got my card, so I've not seen it. Oh. Sad yeah. times. I quite like Olivia Coleman to win it just because she does the oh best my speeches God. ever. Oh, and Olivia Coleman, she's so funny, like in herself. Like, she's just so funny. She won the Golden Globe and thanked, I think, was it, was it Melissa McCarthy who made the sandwiches? <laughs> She's like, oh, British sandwiches. I was just like, oh, you're everything that Britain is. I was going to say, that's a proper British thank yeah. you, isn't it? Thanks for the sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So, so yeah, so, so lots of films. So we'll do films like this year. So I think hopeful for this year, you know, we're going to be a little bit more uh, efficient, I think, with our podcasting. Um, well, we have been actually. Don't shoot us down. We've been doing it month on month. We have. We've well, we, we fell actually... down on a couple. No, no, no. That was when you were having your mental breakdown. <laughs> Which again, look how we're using comedy to to destigmatize mental health. <laughs> I think we've done that. But one thing I did want to say as well is that we've kind of just to notify because I did get a comment off someone who will remain nameless because we love them dearly. Um, but they said, um, you've uh, not really been posting much on social media right recently or anything. And I was like, yeah, we've not been too good on that, have we? No. Should but we? also personally, I don't think. Yeah. I think, is that because we're growing old? I just can't be old. Yeah. It might be because <laughs> we're just old and just boring. Just can't be old. Like, we can do this podcast. And we don't go out as much anymore, so it's not really that fun to watch. No. I mean, we were both saying, are you ready for this? Yeah, Jesus. This, this tonight, so this is Friday the 25th of January, mm-hmm. this is the first alcoholic drink we've had since last weekend. Yeah, since last Sunday. I mean, I know for non-alcoholics out there, they're probably like, well, okay. But anyone that knows us well, yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Like, who knew? I mean, if you... So if... I went through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Oh no, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... No alcohol. Not. Can you imagine if we took a, like, if we went back in time to Pip and Vicks at THT 2007? 
and we said, by the way, you're not going to drink during the week, we'd be like, You'd be like, why? Sorry, what? What? Who are you? Are they why? bombing all the pubs <laughs> and off licenses <laughs> and my kitchen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Default, it's always fixes flat or kitchen. Is prohibition <laughs> happening tomorrow? That's probably what we'd ask. Is like, has it been banned? Has it been made illegal? Because we will find a way. Because we will always find, we will a, find way. a way. <laughs> uh, are they still making deodorant sticks? That would be like the thing. Oh, it's There's like always that. got to be cooking sherry. Well, it's like that, um, or as our dear friend Sarah would say, cooking vodka. Mm. Cooking vodka. Or God bless that, clip, that girl. That clip from the Abfab movie where they're in the back of the taxi and Patsy takes a <laughs> shot of something and Medina goes, what's that? And she's like, Chanel number five. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have that um, in the hallway. We could try oh, it. Let's have a little whiff. Yeah, so we'll let's have, have a little whiff. Whiff a squiff. Whiff a squiff. A squiff? Hello. Um, we need, we're reaching the end of the podcast, but we do, I mean, we can't possibly finish without talking about the drag queen elephant in the room, which is RuPaul. We do need to talk about uh, RuPaul. I People didn't think, I was worry. like trying People not to. Worry. Okay, go on briefly, quickly. So I firstly have something controversial to say. As you always do, my dear, go on. I think RuPaul needs to take a bit of a rest. I agree. I think I've, I, I would. I mean, we love we do love. Mm-hmm. But at the moment... I think got... love has turned to sort of appreciation. Kind of like... Yeah. Love and respect are kind of going to appreciation rather think, than love and respect I think anymore. just at the moment, All Stars 4 is on at the moment and we are dealing with that. Now we are having the yes. reveal of season 11 Queens and on Twitter the other day he was um, putting out the audition call for season 12 Queens plus... We have RuPaul's Drag Race UK starting anytime soon. Yeah. It's like, it's like about 10 years ago. You remember when, like, Rihanna used to release an album every time you went to the toilet? <laughs> like, you'd come back from the toilet after, a, like, a big old piss, and you'd be like, oh, has Rihanna released a new album? Because, didn't she just do that when I was going into the toilet? <laughs> it's like that. I'm like, Ru, yeah. slow down, we need a year off, I think. Well, maybe he's getting too much money for everything. He needs to take a leaf out of Kate Bush's bush. A leaf out of Kate Bush's Because that woman is the laziest woman in the Well, that has to be the title of episode 20, surely. (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Because Kate Bush is the laziest woman in music. Right, excellent. Glad glad we did. I think it's time I should do another tour again. Why is that, Kate? Well, my last one was 35 years ago. Oh, God! Come on. <laughs> Kate Bush releases albums like I. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to finish that, do you? I know exactly what you want to say, but you're not going to say it. Bottom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was where you were going. I was like, go on, go on, do it, do it. You chicken yeah. out. Very rarely. Mm, well, you know. So, so yes, yeah, so there you go. Um, comedy is very essential and you all need to watch. And so you totally uh, stepped over the RuPaul thing. You're just like... Yeah, I don't want to talk do. about it because oh. it'll just go the wrong way and I think we just need to leave it at the fact that we've watched it. It's fine. Things are going on. We appreciate it, but we don't love and respect it anymore to the point that it's not really a big thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, but can I ask but, you... Yes, go on. 
the same question you asked me. Like, if you had, like, three comedians, if I put a gun to your head, which I'm forever tempted to do, uh, which comedians would be like, well, I need to watch. Who would it be? Oh, and then we need to talk about Emma Jenkins. So, I would definitely... Eddie Izzard... Yeah. ...is one of mine. I absolutely am all over that. And, just a public service announcement, he's doing lots of work-in-progress shows at the moment at the Bill Murray Pub in Angel in London. I did not know Tickets there was a Bill like Murray Pub. Pounds and you can get did someone name the pub Bill Murray after Bill Murray? After the yeah, book. it's a comedy pub. You can go into the Louisa Omelan um, ladies' room. Mm. She paid money to have her toilet named after. It was like a crowdfunding thing. It's a derelict pub in Angel. You should go, um, and uh, they do. Oh my um, god, we should go do a podcast from there. Shows. Uh, yeah. So Eddie is all just stuff there. All the up and comedians do stuff there. It's called the Bill Murray. Um, it's an angel and um, it's amazing. Okay, we're going to have to go out there, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. Big so, plug for them. I think the thing is, is for me, like it's really difficult because... So Eddie. Yeah, it's got to be Eddie. I do love Dawn French. Oh, but she's not really a stand-up. But she's not really a stand-up, that's the thing. Like, she I makes love you her. laugh. And that's she makes me laugh fun. a lot. Um, I just like the way she delivers... It's her delivery. And what about him? Joe Lycett. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, Joe Lycett. See, the thing is with Joe is that I think he's hilarious, but then he can be very stereotypical as well. He's almost playing up to it too much. Ooh. But Louise has obviously got to be on there Louise. because oh. Louisa always resonates with me. She always, always resonates with me. She gets me. She has got me. I am on her wavelength. Oh. I am her girl. Oh, I'm with that. Yeah, to the point that I even considered this Valentine's party that she's doing. Yeah, I know it's for single been. people, but I'm like, I really want to go. Cause... I've never been. I've never been to it, actually. Well, she's got limited edition politics with bitches sweaters for it. What? So we could get, like, a sweater. Sweater. Um, and finally, um, speaking of stand-up comedy. Yes. Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Yes. Just before Christmas on the 18th of December. Oh my God, you're so um, specific. Well, no, I just... Because I, I loved when I was... It was building up to this. Uh. First stand-up show in 15 years. Mm-hmm. She released it on Netflix. It's called Relatable. Um, we've both watched it. Yep. What did you think, Fix? You know when you're sat there and you're kind of so eager for something to come on the screen because you've been waiting for it for, for years and years and years and you're so eager to see her because you're like, wait, come on, come on. And you're sat there kind of like with that face going... Please make me laugh. And she was funny. It was funny. And it kind of was like sat there going, oh, yeah, 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 totally good. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was no laugh out loud. There was no, like, you know, like, pa moments. Um. No, like, <laughs> moments. <laughs> no asthma attack. No asthma attack. But, but it was funny. It was funny. And she was... The thing that I really liked is, again, what we were talking about earlier, is that she really brought 
to like the whole LGBT stuff and she was talking about being gay. You know, a bit like that great sketch by... (laughs) I know. But it's a bit like that great sketch by Tom Allen where she go, he goes on about saying, you know, in the room, and he's like, right, um, he goes, right, who's who's gay in here? And everybody goes, yeah, me, me, me. And he goes, right, how many straight people have you got? Have you got any straight people in front? And, like, you know, guys hold their hands. And he's like, oh, you're straight. Oh, my God. You need to meet my straight friend. You would love each other. They play the best music in the straight club. Oh, my God. You have to go to a straight club. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh, my God, you'll love it. Like, you, guys, you guys, just guys, love guys, each guys, other. Guys. Like, that whole, like, sort of tongue-in-cheek, but kind of like, seriously, this this bullshit needs to stop. Yeah. She did a lot of that, didn't she? She did the whole cat thing. Yeah. And then the the thing uh, about being rich was funny. The thing about being rich, but also the thing about... The bats. No one's going to watch a lesbian during the day. Mm. Well, what time is that acceptable for lesbians? (laughs) (laughs) She had basically... So I watched it. The morning it came out because that's what you yeah I was gonna say that's what you do. But I was really <laughs> looking forward to it and really built it up and it just did not meet my expectations. Yeah, and then it's I difficult. Thought, oh, you've disappointed me. I will never forgive you. And then I watched it again last week. Just like let's just give this another whirl. And I was tired, hungover, like, and I really enjoyed it. I think do you know what I it think? Was just like, uh, I'm not looking for you to yeah. me. Just be a comedian, be funny, and she was. But I think because she's quite like off the cuff, funny. Like you know, when at the end where she does the little interview Q and A thing, mm. like that was funny because she was off the cuff. Whereas like the funniest joke, I remember messaging you saying the only joke that I actually laughed out loud about was about the ladders. Yeah, that was the only yeah, bit that I really. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the only thing I laughed out loud about. Yeah. But that was a proper old school joke. Yeah. You know? She did that occasionally, though. It was so good. But like, oh, I'm Ellen. I can never be horrible ever again. <laughs> like, I can never cut someone up in traffic. Mm-hmm. Or can I mm-hmm. go, you're fine. Wanker, you're fine. Well, mm-hmm. Because, oh, is that you, Ellen? Yeah. <laughs> Wanker. <laughs> Just, that kind of stuff was quite fun. But yeah, anyway. so... So, yeah, so Ellen obviously did her job very well, but obviously Give it not a whirl, see what you think. There's yeah, so I'd like many, to hear what you think. So many stand-up specials on Netflix, mm. so give it a whirl. Yeah. And we'll let you know when Pip has fully returned to comedy to the point that we can invite you all, and we'll yeah. see you there. We'll be at the end of February. Oh, so maybe after the, the next podcast. Maybe. Oh, that's exciting. And yes, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll leave you alone to uh, seek out your comedy faves. Yeah. And uh, remember, sick. comedy way forward. What's your What's the the equation that you said to me? Timing. Oh no, this is more for comedy writers and comedy performance. But um, the golden rule is timing plus tragedy equals comedy because all <laughs> the less comedy comes out of tragedy. Yes. Oh, it does. It's true. I know, you yeah. You talk about your worst days. Your worst but is that a British thing as well? No. Just everything. I think Universal. everyone laughs at misery. Fair enough. Well, anyway, anyway we've ended up the... We've got no Prosecco left, so this is tragedy. <gasps> oh, my God! Oh, my God! Why didn't you do that right. at the beginning? So, we need to make sure that there's not any... It's still recording. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, guys, so, uh, that okay, was a perfect yeah, so, link. Okay, yeah, and uh, uh, we love you. Okay, I know so, it's so, so, boring for you, but what the fuck? <laughs>
Right, we need to just All right. like record that and yeah, just play I'm, it. I'm, I'm playing it. Okay, right. All right, well, we love bullshit. you all, as always, and... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. What? Um, jo- <laughs> join us again next month for episode 21 of Two Bottles In, where we will be discussing Valentine's Day, romance, and how to deal with it. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.